you are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, your San Antonio Spurs will play the Washington uh, Wizards tonight uh, in Washington. So just a quick note, this is recorded before that game. So obviously things will change uh, after tonight. But nevertheless, uh, the San Antonio Spurs are not playing their best basketball and, of course, they would come at the trail end of the NBA's regular season. All that and more. And also, should DeMar DeRozan start maybe passing the ball in late-game situations? You know, he's been developing a reputation among Spurs fans that maybe he's not the closer this team needs. So we're going to discuss that and more. Uh, I'm joined by Jim Lefko. You know him. You love him. His Friday spot right here on Lockdown Spurs. He's with News Force San Antonio. And, Jim? The Spurs are really not playing that great a basketball at the worst time. Well, uh, really since that nine-game winning streak, it's been inconsistency. Um, you know, our, our buddy Derek White, who we anointed as the second most valuable Spur a few weeks ago, uh, I guess the podcast went to his head because you know, he's just pretty inconsistent. <laughs> I still like his game, but uh, this hadn't been a good stretch for a lot of the team. And uh, I don't know if it's because they were looking ahead of the playoffs. You know, they have kind of locked it up for a while here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the road record, uh, even if they, you know, went out here on the road, it's still going to be, you know, pretty, pretty lowly uh, performance. You know, they went mm-hmm. tonight's game with a 14 and 25 road record. And, you know, that's what you usually see from lottery teams, not from playoff yeah. contenders. Um, so uh, they know they have problems on the road. They know they're going to have to win on the road to advance out of the first round, regardless of who they play. So it would be nice if they, uh, you know, not only what happens tonight, but also Sunday uh, in Cleveland, that they at least establish a little bit of momentum. I know the numbers are stark when you look at three-point shooting at home and on the road, and uh, I wonder if it's in their heads a little bit because uh, this is a solid team, and when they're playing good basketball, you know, they're fun to watch. But, boy, some of these road games, and even a few of the recent home games, have not been artistic. Yeah, you look at um, Manu's night. They played the uh... – Cleveland Cavaliers didn't look too hot as well. They allowed the Cavaliers to stay in the game, actually take a lead uh, during the game. And you fast forward to, uh, I don't even want to bring it up anymore, Jim, but that, can we call it a performance versus the Nuggets in the Mile High City? Because they did not show up. Uh, to me, Jim, one, you look at that Cleveland game, my takeaway is, okay, they won, but you know, you allow Cleveland to score over 100 points and you let them stay in the game. I look at that Denver loss. That was a win, in my opinion, was a must win, not only for a road victory, but to send a message to Denver um, if in, just in case they play them in the first round. But they dropped the ball on that one. Jim, this team, it just seemingly they're just Jekyll and Hyde, and they're going to yep. remain Jekyll and Hyde even in the last few games. Yeah, and you, you skipped over the Sacramento loss at home, oh, yeah. uh, which allowed the Kings to sweep the Spurs, I think, for the first time ever. And even the win in Atlanta, or the win against Atlanta uh, here, was not uh, that, I think, a beauty. You know, they won, but a couple things don't go their way. They might have lost the Cleveland game, you know, if uh, if Patty hadn't hit that big three. Uh, the Atlanta game was there for the Hawks to take, even though they were down about half their roster. Um, so, yeah, it's been a rough stretch. Um, but, again, the playoffs, you get to erase uh, that blackboard and start all over again. So, mm-hmm. You know, if you want to be a pessimist, you can certainly harp on how poorly they've been playing. And uh, the chemistry has not looked good. Defense is back uh, to where we were hoping it wouldn't return to, where they're, you know, allowing, as you mentioned, over 110 points every night again. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to look at the glass half full. Uh, they're pretty ha- they're pretty healthy, uh, which is a good thing. Again, you have to caveat that their point guard missed the entire season. But beyond that, uh, you know, for this many games into a season, uh, I think the Spurs are probably one of the healthier teams out there. 
you're seeing a little bit out of Lonnie Walker, which is fun. Fans mm-hmm. like watching him, and uh, I don't know how much of a playoff you know factor he'll be. Um, you've got Aldridge still playing pretty well. You know, DeRozan putting up big numbers, if not you know dominating at the end of games. White maybe you know getting back to his old self and, and still playing well defensively. And uh, mm-hmm. the bench uh, maybe not as consistent as we'd like, but still uh, you know with uh, between Forbes uh, starting and then. Uh, Bertans and picking them three-point shooters here. Right. Uh, you know, Bellinelli. You know, there's still potential to you know really get hot from outside. So, you know, I like what I see of this team. Uh, it'd be nice for Popovich to end his uh, <laughs> getting ejected streak. I think it's two of the last three games going into uh, you know the Friday game. Uh, but you know, there's some positives and there's some negatives. And really, most teams that are seventh or eighth in the playoff seating are going to have situations very similar to that. How important is it for the Spurs to avoid number eight? Uh, that'll mean a date with the Golden State Warriors because that's who they're fighting with right now. What I mean is the, the Thunder. That is, right. it's really between the Thunder and the Spurs, and I, I would bet that neither of them want to face the defending champs. That's true, and Golden State does look like well, they got a two-game cushion going into Friday night. Mm-hmm. I believe they had the tiebreaker over Denver, so unless you know things change dramatically, Golden State will get the one. And uh, again, the, the Spurs have three left uh, going into, into Friday night, and uh, the Thunder have four. Uh, the Thunder have the tougher schedule, and I believe the Spurs have the tiebreaker. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Spurs can only control what they can control. They've got three winnable games. Uh, if they go 3-0 and and uh, they can't catch Oklahoma City, then that's their fate, and they're going to look back at games like Phoenix, New York, uh, Chicago, and, uh, you know, all they had to do was win one or two of those, and they yeah. wouldn't be in this position. But uh, you can't go back and redo history. So they're... Their their fate is in their own hands. Uh, they need to keep winning, and uh, yeah, everybody agrees. You don't want to play Golden State, and they certainly laid an egg against Denver. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much that's going to be a you know a better way to start the playoffs. But if you got to pick your poison, I guess you pick Denver just because you think uh, you know they don't have the experience, they don't have the, the rings, the championship mm-hmm. pedigree. Uh, but I don't think either one of them is a great matchup for for the Spurs. Uh, that that pace and that altitude that Denver plays at, uh, you know, that scares me too. So yeah. you know. Either one, I think, is going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody uh, that's followed the NBA this year is going to pick the Spurs to beat either team. I think the potential is that they could win a game or two against Denver, and uh, that might be a tall order against uh, Golden State. And again, you know, we're talking about the Nuggets here. I thought that was a team that the Spurs wanted to face. I thought that was a team that was the hallelujah, we got them instead. But, you know, they just pretty much uh, trampled San Antonio up in Denver. At this point of the season, the regular season that is, Jim, should the Spurs just simply, you know what, it is what it is. If we get seven, great. If we get eight, great. Let's just get in there healthy and just get some consistency and some sort of momentum. Right, and and as we we joke, uh, I think it was more the media and maybe people like us that have said, you know, Denver's the option. I don't remember too many Spurs players <laughs> saying, we want Denver. Yeah. Um, I think they're smart enough to not say that. You know, maybe they thought it. But, uh, yeah, it's one thing if you sweep a team and your matchups are great and, uh, you know, you've got the advantage against them. But, uh, no, Denver is, is a heck of a team. Uh, if things have gone differently for them, they might be the uh, the conference champions, which is, you know, impressive. They've got the that phenomenal home record. They're 32-7 and seven right now as we tape this, and the Spurs would have to win a game there. So you know, if you look at it from that perspective, Golden State has lost 11 times at home. Denver's lost seven times at home. So, you know, be careful what you wish for. Cause, yeah. Uh, that Nuggets team uh, is scary. That all being said, uh, you know, we know what's happened in the last few years in the NBA. And I, I guess my, you know, summation would be anything to avoid the Warriors is probably good. But it's not like uh, you're getting a cupcake here with Denver. Uh, yeah. Denver will be a very heavy favorite. And uh, I'd be shocked if a uh, Spurs-Denver series went six games. Yeah, so. you, you, we know who is on that Warriors roster. 
And just because it doesn't scream talent to that level on the Nuggets roster doesn't mean Denver would pose problems. There's obviously the big man in the middle, Joker, Nikola Jokic. They got Murray. They got some good young athletic guys on that squad that will give the Spurs trouble. You look at that uh, loss to Sacramento, there was a common word, Jim, that Derek White and DeMar DeRozan used in their post-game chat with the media. And they just kept saying, they're fast. They're fast. It doesn't matter if you get the Nuggets or the Warriors in the opening round. They're both fast teams, Jim. Right. Well, we've seen that all year. Uh, yeah. We've had trouble matching up with quick guards. And again, next year when you got Murray back, uh, maybe that won't be the Achilles heel that uh, this year's team seems to be facing. But you know what? Most teams have fast players. And, yeah. Uh, there aren't too many teams that are, you know, kind of the slow down traditional NBA style. And mm-hmm. maybe the Spurs are fashioned in that mold. But that doesn't mean that you can, you know, cherry pick your opponents and then play a team that plays that way. So, you know, up and down the the NBA West, uh, you're seeing teams that have quick players that uh, the Spurs are going to have matchup problems against. But again, it's a second season, and uh, all kinds of crazy things can happen. You don't know who might get injured. You know, we go back a couple of years to when Kawhi Leonard got injured in that first game against Golden State, changing the entire complexion of the series. Yeah. And I'm not wishing injury upon a Spurs opponent, but you just don't know what might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you go into the series with hopefully as, mo- as much momentum as you can muster. And in the Spurs case, it doesn't look like it's going to be that much. And then you want to have uh, your team healthy and motivated. And that's why I've been interested to watch Popovich's behavior because, you know, getting tossed out of two of the last three games, um, you know, maybe it was a quick hook in Denver, but is he trying to send a message to his team, trying to get them motivated, trying to, uh, you know, protect them? You know, who knows what his motives are, but uh, that's a kind of atypical behavior uh, for him to, to get tossed uh, certainly that quickly, you know, like it happened in Denver. Yeah, and you're looking at the uh, the players themselves trying to get on the same page. Maybe uh, Popovich needs to get on his same page and try to cool out a little bit. Uh, with the refs now, obviously this, this is not just with the Popovich issue. You know the refs seem to be you know at target this season and even last season. Quick whistles, players literally bumping heads with them. Literally last season. Uh, but all in all, I think at this point, Jim, and I'm gonna say it again, they just gotta forget whether they're gonna be seven or eight. Just go into that postseason with the mindset of, all right, here we are, let's do this. because Well, they, I think they already have, though. Yeah. I, I think it's for us to forget because that Sacramento game was a perfect example. You brought it up. If they were really worried about finishing seventh, that's a game yeah. you have to win. Yeah. So, you know, you said the Denver game was when they had to win. I, I would argue the home games are the ones you have to win, especially against lottery teams. Yeah. And we've seen them struggle against those teams. And it didn't surprise me at all. I think we even talked about it that uh, I, I didn't expect the Spurs to play well in Denver. Uh, that back-to-back at altitude, you know, tough travel, uh, that did not surprise me at all. That Sacramento game stunned me. You know, I, I just yeah. didn't see that coming. Um, so, you know, it's hard to predict this team, but uh, boy, I, I just, it's going to be hard for me to see them winning a road game in, against either Golden State or Denver when that postseason rolls around because, uh, you know, they just haven't shown that they can do it. And the bigger concern will be can they even win at home? You know, because again, they have not uh, played well in the last, uh, you know, four or five weeks uh, mm-hmm. consistently. So, yeah. fresh start. You know, again, I want to be the optimist here, and I think uh, it'll be fun to see if they can steal a game in either Golden State or Denver, uh, one of those first two, because that's when a team is susceptible uh, before they start figuring out your tendencies and you know playing you, you know, every two or three nights. Yeah, well, we know one uh, individual who doesn't think the Spurs have a prayer versus the Warriors is the newest Spur, Donatus Montejunis's agent. Who told a Lithuanian outlet, uh, basically, compare the two teams. They don't compare. And even the fact that they added his client, Donatus, still is not going to make a difference, Jim. He's still saying the Spurs will get bounced pretty fast. And 
that's pretty bold. Unless he probably thought that, hey, there's nobody from San Antonio, Texas that's going to find this on the Internet out here in uh, Lithuania. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. yeah, what a stupid, what a stupid thing to say publicly. Yeah. You might think that, and, you know, a lot of people do. But uh, what's the point in saying that, especially when you represent someone who just joined that team? Um, that's the beauty of sports. You know, upsets do happen, and sure, the Golden State or Denver will be the prohibitive favorite. But uh, if it was already a done deal, why play the games? And uh, that doesn't show a whole lot of confidence from uh, from the player's agent. But I don't know that I would subscribe too much to that. Uh, we we yeah. haven't heard comments like that from from the player. So, and who much who knows how much time he's going to get? I think he's uh, at this point when he you know has yet to play. Uh, you know, we'll see if he's even uh, you know part of the mix. Uh, I, I think he's you know a replacement for someone that might get injured if somebody gets in foul trouble uh, or if it gets to be garbage time. But uh, I don't see him determining the outcome of too many games. <laughs> I got to agree with you. Uh, but let's go ahead and take our first break. Uh, but when we get back, we're going to be discussing uh, DeMar DeRozan uh, passing in the fourth quarter and basically what Jim had to say about that. But before we do that, you can get locked on Spurs on the brand-new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked on Spurs. So remember, to get this show every day, subscribe to Locked on Spurs on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. So download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Spurs. We are back, and I'm joined by Jim Lefko, my colleague over at News 4 San Antonio, who's been a very busy man. Uh, Jim, I don't think the listeners really appreciate all the work you do uh, for our mutual, uh, I guess, workplace. Uh, Yesterday, there's no joke, listeners. I sent a message to Jim saying, did you say body rotting smell in in an interview that he did for the station? And I wasn't talking about the Spurs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that was uh, I do have a day job, a reporter, um, with the two Sinclair stations in San Antonio and uh, News Four and W W A I and the uh-huh. KABB Fox Twenty Nine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yesterday I was covering a protest march by uh, some San Antonio housing uh, tenants. Um, every day it's something different. Today, uh, you know, two other stories to pursue, but the, the Spurs are, are a passion, and uh, it kind of clears my head a little bit to think about round ball and the Spurs and the team that we all love to, to discuss. So that's yeah. why I enjoy writing the column every week and talking to you about Spurs. And uh, yeah, I had a, a fun time uh, today or this week writing about Demar Derozan and crunch time. And uh, you know, it's, we talked about that before, and, mm-hmm. uh, gotten some attention on Twitter, but. Uh, I'm not convinced that he's the man that needs to be taking the shot uh, to win or lose a game. And the statistics uh, show that he's taken a lot of them, and um, he's not produced the the rate that I think a lot of Spurs fans would hope he would produce at. So in a nutshell, uh, my column from this past week was basically – Maybe the uh, the pass first pass first approach um, should be the the, uh, the strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he can penetrate and get uh, you know a couple of people to leave their man and, and you know pay him attention, then uh, that's going to leave the shooters open on the wing. And uh, we saw that uh, when he found Patty on on Manu night, and Patty came through with a big three that mm-hmm. basically won the game against Cleveland, and that was all set up by exactly what I think makes DeRozan the most effective: draw the other team to you and, and kick to the open man. And that's not to say he's not a wonderful player and he puts him in position to win. But his numbers in the final minute, and of course in the NBA they keep all kinds of clutch time stats, and his numbers are not up there among the, the elite uh, this year. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Pop I think keeps calling his number, hoping that uh, he's going to hit that big shot and get the confidence going in because you do want a guy, you, you want to know that you want the team to know who's going to get the ball in that situation. But I would argue if you could find Aldridge on a good night when he's you know got one on one in a low post, that's mm-hmm. an option. 
you got Patty uh, or one of the other wingmen uh, open on the perimeter, that might be better than just you know watching him dribble for 18 seconds and then you know hoist a 20 footer uh, as the buzzer expires. Yeah, there. But this really, I mean, I, I guess for Spurs fans, they're seeing this for the first time. But in Toronto, Jim, he really didn't have that stellar reputation as well for being a closer for the Raptors. Yeah, and again, people want to take that personally that you're criticizing a player. Yeah. I think he's a wonderful player, and he leads the team in scoring and, and, and passing. So those are pretty good stats to lead the team in. All I'm saying is you're a good passer. You're a good penetrator, more than maybe you, you think you are if you're DeMar DeRozan. And, and learn from you know the people that came before. Remember LeBron? Uh, you know, had that situation where he was passing all the time and he had to shoot more. Well, this is kind of a different scenario. Here's a guy who's shooting all the time and may need to pass more. Mm-hmm. So maybe don't be predictable, you know, and if teams know you're just going to dribble on, you know, you can get a better shot, is my opinion, than what he's been able to get and than what he's been able to produce. And those numbers show that uh, he's not one of the better clutch shooters in the NBA. And as I pointed out in my column that won't, you know, delight Spurs fan. Spurs fans, uh, Kawhi Leonard is one of the best at that this year. And when he was healthy here, you know, that was a great first option because you knew he could uh, create his own shot. He could go to the hole. He could get to the line. And, uh, you know, he wasn't a, a phenomenal passer, but uh, if need be, he, he could get rid of the ball too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, if I remember the column, he was fourth in the NBA this year in clutch points behind James Harden, Kimball Walker, and Kyrie Irving. Uh, that's pretty good company. So, you know, I, I think it'd be great if, if DeRozan was that kind of player. But so far this season, uh, we haven't seen that from him. And, uh, again, not wishing any ill on him. I just think Derek White, not a great option. You know, when DeRozan fouled out the other night, um, I think that helped the Spurs win uh, against Atlanta. Uh, there was DeRozan on the bench. There was no, you know, choice but to go with someone else because DeRozan wasn't eligible anymore. And what, what happened? White hit a couple big shots, and uh, yeah. the Spurs put, it, put Atlanta away. Um, so it was kind of an odd twist, but you know I'm not saying that they should bench DeRozan in the final minute of a close game or five minutes, but I'm just saying uh, the team approach needs to be more apparent than what we've seen to this point in the season. Yeah, and um, you know, when reading your article, Jim, one thing that popped in my head was this: almost damned if he does and damned if he do- doesn't. If he takes a shot and misses, which he has been on the regular this season in crunch time, you know he gets you know the the wrath of Spurs fans. But if he doesn't, and Spurs fans are going to be quick to say, well, you know, isn't he an all-star? Shouldn't he be doing this? Uh, isn't he our number one option? He's kind of stuck in the middle. He is, in a sense, but I don't think anybody's saying, why isn't LaMarcus getting the ball down low? Mm-hmm. Um, it's stunning to me that uh, DeMarcus only, LaMarcus only has six uh, final-minute clutch shots this season, and he's made one. And that would be, you know, the final 60 seconds of a game, five points or less, or overtime. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought that, the, you know, your leading scorer and, and your all-star from this season – would have been the guy that you go to the most. Now, is he the best option? You know, he hasn't shown necessarily in clutch time when he gets doubled that he's going to, you know, always make the perfect pass. But I think he got a lot of other guys that, you know, let him get a get a taste of the ball in that that circumstance. Derek White, you know, again, hadn't been the, the hottest player of late, but I sure like his, his savvy at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some players just step up for the occasion at the end of the game. And other players, I'm not saying DeRozan's hiding. I'm just saying produce. You know, let's see the results. This is a, a pass-fail business. You know, either, either hit it or you miss it. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, uh, if he's getting people, you know, sagging off their men and there's a lane, great, you know, take it. But if he's not open – just watching him dribble the clock away and hoist something at the buzzer is not, to me, their best strategy. So I think it's been a season-long issue, and uh, they're no closer to resolving it right now. And I think that's one of the unfortunate things about going into the playoffs, not knowing who's going to take the, that money shot uh, if the game is on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you would think that would be LMA uh, because of the way he's been playing this season. 
um, maybe he can't, you know, dribble drive or, you, you know, be dynamic in that sense. But he has been the rock, and he has been that guy that has been the most consistent spur, uh, putting up big numbers. Maybe they should try their hand at that, Jim. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. And then one of the – I hate to kill people with stats, but it is relevant here. Mm-hmm. Um, the final five minutes is what they determined to be a clutch shot. You have stats for the final five minutes and the final one minute. What I mentioned earlier was the one-minute shots, so he'd only had six of them. Well, he scored – Aldridge has scored 96 clutch points in the final five minutes. And he's sitting at a 52% rate. That's pretty good. Uh, DeRozan has 78 clutch points in the final five minutes. He's hitting 43.8% of his shots. So, you know, that's not so good. Uh, you'd like that percentage to be a little bit higher. So mm-hmm. they're shooting about the same amount uh, in the final five minutes of the game. But in that last minute, uh, that's where the difference is. DeRozan this year has 25 last-minute shots, and he's hit at 40% of them. And uh, Aldridge has only had six, and he's made one. So not yeah. a great percentage for Aldridge, but it's a pretty small statistical pool there. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. If Aldridge only has six final minute clutch shots and DeRozan has 25, uh, I, I'd like to see those numbers be a little bit closer. So yeah. maybe he's the first option. Maybe Derek White's the second. Um, you know, we've seen Rudy Gay hit a huge last mm-hmm. second shot against Phoenix, but he's not always on the court at the end of the game, depending on matchups. Uh, we saw Patty hit a huge three, you know, in the, in the win over on Manu night against Cleveland. But again, he's not always on the court. So mm-hmm. the ones that are always on the court uh, are, are Aldridge and DeRozan. And uh, so, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, maybe Aldridge needs to be the go-to guy until he either proves that's not the world that he's best suited for or somebody else emerges. Yeah, to check out uh, Jim's article, make sure to go to the Spurs Zone, News for San Antonio, Fox29SanAntonio.com. It's there, among other great content, not only that myself and Jim produced, but the, the rest of the crew uh, from Donatus' agent saying what he had to say. He also had to say other things about uh, playing time for his client with just a few hand, few games, or what, two or three games left, Jim, in the season, um, whether he's going to get playing time or not, to, uh, well, some NBA 2K League news and whether the Spurs are going to be hopping on or not. It's all there at the Spurs Zone. News for San Antonio, Fox29SanAntonio.com. Uh, we're going to take a short break, but when we get back, we're going to put a wrap on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. We are back, and I'm joined by Jim Lefko, News Force San Antonio, uh, my colleague out there who puts out some great content, whether it be the Spurs or just anything going around the city of San Antonio. Jim, it's only, well, including the Wizards game, because we're recording this before that, I think, what, three games left in the regular season? That's right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it came to a halt in a hurry. Uh, yeah, they're in Washington tonight, and then uh, back to Cleveland, where we just saw the Cavs, and hopefully this one won't be quite as close, uh, that one Sunday, and then they finish up the what could be the final game in Dirk Nowitzki's career on uh, Wednesday night back at the AT&T Center, a uh, game that may mean a lot or may mean nothing, you know, depending on how the, the games uh, with Oklahoma City go. So yeah. uh, it's all about getting healthy you know, for the playoffs and uh, trying to build some momentum. If they can win these final three, uh, maybe you forget about the games that preceded them and uh, you know you take a little bit of uh, feel-good into you know what might either be Golden State or Denver. Yeah. Um, quickly, though, we saw some extended minutes from Lonnie Walker um, recently and um the kid looked pretty good you buying that or are you still kind of holding your breath on him well the good thing about a blowout is you get to go with the young players mm-hmm. and, uh, you know we've seen a few of those and sure we've wanted to see lonnie walker all year um i don't think uh when he was injured early that we thought he would be a huge contributor this year um, he's got skills uh, i'm really curious to see what he's going to pick up during the off season you know, mm-hmm. after a full year of, uh, of g league play 
Uh, I like his attitude. Uh, I've grown to like his haircut, and uh, I think he's going to be a fun addition. Uh, again, I don't see him getting a whole lot of crunch time minutes yet. Uh, I think he did play in the first quarter of the other night for the first time. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's fun to watch these young kids develop, and it's fun to watch the Spurs develop young kids. So, yeah, it, there's no downside to uh, Lonnie Walker getting extended minutes. Um, again, I don't think if the current roster is, you know, is intact with everybody healthy that we're going to see him, you know, deciding games. But uh, it's been fun to watch him, you know, show what he can do. And he's a good passer. He, he closes well. He's got a nice outside shot. Uh-huh. Uh, working on his defense. So he's got all the elements, and we just need to see him put them together on a consistent basis. And the Nuggets, even the players, that is, they even appreciated a missed layup, not because he missed a layup, but because of how high he got and how quick he got up there and how it was a potential dunk of the season, Jim. I mean, my goodness, is that what youth looks like on a Spurs uniform? Well, you know, he's capable of greatness, and uh, I don't think he's going to be measured by the highlight film plays as fun as they are to watch. I think it's that consistency. Can he stop his man? Uh, will he make the extra pass? Um, you know, will he be the good teammate? Will he communicate? You know, all the things that we've seen the other young players develop. Look at a Brent Forbes and a Derek White, you know, from a year or two ago, and, and how much they've grown into the roles that they have. So that's what's going to be fun. And, and sure, who doesn't like to watch a highlight, you know, an ESPN yeah. kind of thing? But uh, I don't think that's going to be his legacy here. Um, it may be something that fans, you know, get a little juice out of, but he's going to have to incorporate the Spurs style of play to be on the court. Yeah. So he's not dunking against other backups, and he's doing it on, uh, you know, on star players on a consistent basis. And he might may as well just absorb all the minutes he's likely to get to end the regular season because I'm pretty sure Pop's going to tighten up that rotation uh, once the playoffs start, and uh, he may be the odd man out, Jim. Yep, I agree. Um, but again, there might be some playoff, some lopsided games in the playoffs too. You know, mm-hmm. pro or con. Um, always good to get seasoning. You know, wherever you can get it. So this, this is all a bonus you know, for Lonnie. I kind of thought uh, this was going to be a year when he got injured early that he would just spend you know most of the time in the G League and and then when he was with the Spurs, the parent club, sit on the bench. Um, and don't discount what that means too. You know, picking up the uh, the nuances from the guys in the locker room. You know, learning how to be a pro. Um, you know, he's still a young man, and he's got some good influences in that mm-hmm. locker room, teaching him uh, what it means to be a professional athlete. Yeah. Well, there you have it. This episode of Lockdown Spurs is in the can, but we want to hear from you. Uh, what do you think about the Spurs uh, kind of stumbling right now at the wrong time with the playoffs looming? And also, what do you think about DeMar DeRozan? Do you agree with Jim? Should he start just passing that ball in crunch time, or do you still firmly believe he is the man for the Spurs to take that final shot in close games? You can first email me at jeffgarcia74 at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at jeffgspurszone. And now Jim's going to tell you how you can contact him. Well, best way is through Twitter, uh, at Jim Lefko. Uh, happy to uh, you know entertain any comments folks have about my columns or anything that they've heard us say on this podcast. There you go. Give Jim a follow on Twitter. He's a great follow. Uh, really, you know what? I, I, you're pretty entertaining during games, too. I like how you're not afraid to call out the Spurs if they're not playing that great, and also the refs as well. So kudos. Well, we've seen some crazy refereeing. We didn't even mention me. Maybe you talked on a different podcast, and now I forget <laughs> what game it was. When they had that horrible foul, was it on Derek White or Brent Forbes uh, on a three-point oh, shot by the goodness. Spurs? And somebody he, jumped over him, yeah. and he got called for the foul. He leapfrogged uh, over that guy. 
over over Derek that, White. Yeah. Yeah, that that may have been. Uh, there's a lot of bad calls. You know, it's hard to quantify. You know, what is the most memorable, and that's obviously the most recent. But that's got to be in the top ten of worst calls I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's just that just blows my mind, and I don't think Pop got ejected after that one. <laughs> so uh, he's obviously got a few others that are high on his list. But you know, you just shake your head at the. Uh, it's a hard game to officiate. These guys aren't intentionally trying to blow calls. But uh, when they miss ones like that, you just shake your head. And that's what Twitter's fun for. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and I figure everybody that's following me on Twitter is a Spurs fan. So, you know, you can be honest. And uh, they know when the team isn't playing well. And mm-hmm. you don't have to pretend that, uh, that it's anything otherwise. Exactly. That's what I like about Twitter. And I enjoy you know, interacting with fans during games just to have them, you know, see if they agree or disagree with what my observations are. Thank you. Again, follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Lefko. So for Jim Lefko, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs. <laughs>